Another of the I am statements of Jesus this morning, all of them included in the Gospel of John, this one in the 14th chapter, and I read verses 1 through 14 in John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may bring glory to the Son, the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Did you hear who asked the question? Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? It was Thomas. Thomas asked the question that rattled in every disciple's throat. Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? The question of someone who has come down through history known as the doubter, but not the disbeliever. In a way, I'm glad it was Thomas. Thomas is so much like us in so many ways. I mean, he needed to know. He needed to understand. He wanted evidence. He wanted proof for Thomas and for me. And for you too, seeing is believing. This was the question of someone who wasn't just going to say he understood what he didn't understand. I don't get it, Jesus. And if I don't get it, I can't believe it. I don't know where you're going, so how can I know the way? And yet, right at that point, Thomas 
is also so unlike us, so unlike me. He has a question, he just blurts it out. I hold back. I withdraw. I get quiet. I wait. Thomas just asks. You see, doubt is not a sin if it comes with the question, help me understand, help me see, show me the way. Thomas didn't say there is no way. He said, I don't know the way. Where is the way? What is the way? And the doubter's question gave rise to one of the most beautiful things Jesus ever said. I am the way and the truth and the life. Thanks, Thomas, for asking. And thanks, Jesus, for answering. I am the way. Now, will you notice in each of these instances, I will be repeating it over and over again. Jesus did not say, I know the way, or I can describe the way, or I can tell you the way. He said, I am the way. And that means, Thomas, and all the rest of us, and don't ever miss this, that means the answer to your question, Thomas, and all the Thomases throughout history, and those who may sit in these pews from time to time when we're able to meet in this room, and the one who stands behind the pulpit right now saying these words, the answer to your question is not a proposition, but a person. Jesus said, I am the way. For the Jews, the words the way were very important words. From early Old Testament times, the phrase the way was always synonymous with what God expected of his people. The way is what God wanted his people to do. The way is what God want, how God wanted his people to live. David prayed, Psalm 27, verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path. And Isaiah would say later that the way was given a title, the way of holiness. I am the way, said Jesus. I am the way, Thomas. I am the way, Thomases. You must know me. And you must know me in that deep Hebrew sense of the word know. Intimate, personal, experiential relationship. To know me that way is to know God. To know me that way is to know the truth. Now I want to try to give an illustration in each of these three instances of what Jesus said he was an illustration of what it might mean for us to at least grab hold of a little better. All illustrations fail because they are not the real thing. But maybe this will point us further in the right direction. And speaking of directions, if you have a friend and you say to your friend, I'm supposed to go to such and such a destination, can you tell me how to get there? And your friend says, well, of course. 
You go down this road about three miles, you turn right, two more stoplights, turn left, go east at the next intersection. I think it's a four-way stop. And if you go east a mile or so, then you go left down this little street. I can't remember the name, but it's the first one. And it's the third door on the right. Now, that may very well be accurate. That may be the way. But I'm willing to guess you'll probably get lost. If, on the other hand, you ask a friend to help you with directions to a certain destination and your friend says, well, I have time, and I know you, and you know me, move over. Let me sit behind the wheel. Let me drive your car. I'll take you there. That person who helps you arrive at your destination not only knows the way and shows you the way, that person becomes the way. I'm the way that way, Jesus said. The way to God. Just say to Jesus Christ, come to me, Jesus. You are my way. Let me follow you. It's radical, but it's simple. Say what Thomas would later say to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Now, Jesus said, I'm not only the way, I am also the truth. Notice he did not say, I know the truth, or I have the truth in a file in my office, or I could tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. And that means, and don't miss this, the answer to your question, Thomas, and all the other Thomases throughout history, and those who may very well be seated in these pews from time to time when we're able to meet in this room, and the one who stands behind the podium today talking to you about it, the answer to your question is not an argument, but an experience. I am the truth, Thomas. I am the truth, Thomases. And you must know me. You must know me in that old Hebrew sense of the word. A deep and intimate and personal and experiential relationship with me. To know that way, to know me that way is to know God. To know me that way is to know the truth. Someone put it this way. Many people have told us the truth, but no one ever embodied it. There is one all-important thing about moral truth. A man's character does not really affect his teaching of geometry or astronomy or Latin verbs. But if a man proposes to teach moral truth, his character makes all the difference in the world. Moral truth cannot be conveyed solely in words. It must be conveyed by example. And that is precisely where the greatest human teacher must fall down. No teacher has ever embodied the truth he taught, except Jesus. Many a person could say, I have taught you the truth. Only Jesus could say, I am the truth. 
The tremendous thing about Jesus is not simply that the statement of moral perfection finds its peak in him. It is that the fact of moral perfection finds its realization in him. Let me try once more to put it in a more concrete example to help us grasp what it is Jesus is saying when he says, I am the truth. Suppose someone were to say to you, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second like it is to say, you will love your neighbor as yourself. Now I can, this person says, I can go through all of that and I can explain each of the Hebrew and Greek words that might be involved. I can define each one of them. I can give you the derivation for each one of them. I can give you some implications that arise out of each one of them. I can tell you what it will look like if somebody does that. All of that would be truth. But if the person isn't even asked the question, but simply lives in such a way as to show love for God everywhere, always, with every facet of his being, reads the word of God with a view not just to knowing it, but putting it into practice, prays not just as a formality, but with the realization that God is listening and responding, and seeks to make every decision that he ever makes in life in consultation with and for the glory of God and is always giving of himself to others, always considers others first and himself last, always is sympathetic and understanding and forgiving and kind, that person doesn't just know the truth. That person is the truth, the embodiment of truth. I am the truth that way, Jesus said, the truth of God. What I do is truth. What I say is truth. How I live is truth. Follow me. Follow my example. Do what I do. Say what I say. Know me and know the truth. Say what John said earlier in this gospel. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I am not just the way. I am not just the truth. Jesus said, I am also the life. Now notice, he didn't say, I have life. He didn't just say, I understand life. He didn't just say, I could point you to life. He said, I am the life. And that means, and don't ever miss this, that means that the answer to your question, Thomas, and all the Thomases throughout history, and all those who have ever sat in these pews when we're able to gather in this room together, and the one who is standing behind this podium speaking right now, the answer to your question is not a recipe, but a relationship. I am the life, Thomas. I am the life. Thomases, you must know me. Know me in that ancient Hebrew sense of the word, an intimate, personal, experiential relationship with me. 
To know me that way is to know God. To know me that way is to know the life. One more human example. With its own failures and its own weaknesses, but maybe this will help us understand what Jesus is saying. Suppose you're on the beach someday and a group of swimmers carry the inert body of someone up to the beach, someone who has drowned in the surf. And someone standing on the beach says, I know what ought to be done here to bring life back. I know that you lay the body flat. I know that you tilt the head back. I know that you clean the mouth out and hold the tongue down. I know that you pinch the nose and that with your fist or palms in a certain position, you pump in a certain way on that person's chest and he may live again. The truth, to be sure. The truth about life, but not life. And suppose someone else comes and says, excuse me, and makes his way through the crowd and kneels beside that body and makes sure it's flat and tilts the head back and cleans out the mouth and holds down the tongue and pinches the nose and blows breath into the lungs and pumps on the heart and the one who had drowned revives. The person on his knees beside him has become for him the life. I'm the life that way, Jesus said, eternal life. Watch me, not only then, but now, as in the days ahead that lead us to Palm Sunday and Monday, Thursday and Good Friday and Easter, as I walk to the cross for you and I lay myself down on it and let them pound nails through my body, broken for your sake and feel the jolt as they pick up that post and drop it in the hole they've carved out on the top of Mount Golgotha and hang there for three hours for you, instead of you, offering the breath of eternal life to you. What I did there, I did for you. Hear me say, not just with my dying breath, but with my death itself, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ to whom you have sent. I am the life. I am your life, Thomases. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Marie Chapman wrote a book entitled Of Whom the World Was Not Worthy, the story of the sufferings of devout Christians in Yugoslavia, tragically much of it at the hands of the state church. One of the characters in the story is an evangelist by the name of Yakov, who went to a small village in Yugoslavia somewhere and met a man by the name of Simmerman, and and talk to him about the tragedies Christians had experienced in Yugoslavia and the love of Jesus Christ. And Simmerman interrupted him and said, I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity anymore. After the dreadful history of the church in my country, they killed my nephew. They wear their fancy robes and their pointed hats and they carry their crosses 
and they perpetrate horrible evil. Yakov tried to change Zimmerman's mind and said, can I ask you a question? Suppose I were to steal your coat, put it on, and break into a bank. Suppose further that the police sighted me running but could not catch up with me. One clue, however, put them onto your track. They recognized your coat. What would you say to them if they came to your house and accused you of breaking into the bank? Well, I would deny it, said Zimmerman. But, Yakov said, they would say we saw your coat. The analogy annoyed Zimmerman to such an extent that he kicked Yakov out of his house. Yakov came back periodically to this little village, and each time he tried to speak to Zimmerman, but for a long, long time, Zimmerman refused to speak or listen. And then one day he said to Yakov, Tell me, how does one become a Christian? And Yaakov explained to him the simple steps of accepting Jesus Christ into his heart and letting him live through his life. And Simmerman knelt on the ground and with tears in his eyes welcomed Jesus as his Savior and his Lord. And then he said to Yaakov, thank you for being in my life. And he pointed upward and said, to Yaakov, you wear his coat very well. Ravi Zacharias, in his book, Can Man Live Without God, told that story and then said, Level your scrutiny at the person of Christ, and you will see the one who wears his father's coat very well. Fairy tales are merely fantastic. Jesus Christ is fantastically true. In searching for ourselves, we can never know ourselves until we know him. This impassioned search for ourselves culminates only when we find him whom to know is true. Then and then alone, we are set free for the purposes of our creator. And then and then alone, you and I can wear his coat very well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. Our way, our truth, our life. Bring each of us, bring each and every one of us to the point of being able to say, my truth, my way, my life. What you did, we know you did for us. Help us to accept it in faith and with thanksgiving. And help us to wear your coat very well. And let others meet you too. In your precious name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. And now knowing the way and the truth and the life, go in his peace. And may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in all places. The Lord be with you all. Amen.